I'm sorry to intrude upon your consulting rooms unannounced. Holmes! But there are reasons. I have been greatly pressed of late. Oh, this is a wonderful surprise. You've not met for months. Have you any objection to my closing the shutters over your windows? If I edge my way round the walls, I, I can just reach them. Uh, there, 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 there. Well, Holmes, you look greatly distressed. What is it? Are you afraid of something? Yes, yes, I am. Of what? Of air guns. And one man, Professor James Moriarty. present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Tonight, the final problem. Sherlock Holmes. Since my marriage and years in private practice, naturally the relationship between us had been modified. Nevertheless, we'd always kept in touch. But for the past winter and early spring, I'd not heard or seen of him. I read in the newspapers that he'd been engaged by the French government upon a matter of supreme importance, and I gathered that his stay in that country would be a lengthy one. I was therefore taken completely by surprise when he burst in upon me that evening. I must apologize for calling so late, Watson. It will be a quick visit. Well, Holmes, what does all this mean? Uh, one thing at a time, Watson. Uh, firstly, is Mrs. Watson in? Oh, she has a slight headache. She's gone upstairs. Uh, then let us not disturb her. Oh, now, Holmes, please, sit down and have a cigarette. No, uh, light your pipe, as in the old days. Now, just quieten down and explain. Oh, very well. I think I shall be safe for a short while. An hour or so with you, and then I shall leave quietly. Oh, now, come along. Explain. Where have you been all this time? And uh, what is the crisis with Professor Moriarty? Well, I have been engaged by both the Royal Family of Scandinavia and the French police. I'm happy to say that these endeavours have left me in a position where I can relinquish my career and retire to the country to concentrate upon my researches in peace and comfort. But for one man, Moriarty. Yes, he's <laughs> always eluded you, hasn't he? The man pervades London. And few people have heard of him. That's what puts him... On a pinnacle in the records of crime, he is the Napoleon of crime. A genius. A philosopher, an abstract thinker. He sits motionless like a spider in the center of its web. But controlling half the crime in this land of ours. Oh, he does little himself. He has dozens of agents. If caught, they are bailed out or defended to the hilt. The central power which controls the agents is never caught. Never so much as suspected. Until now. I have come to grips with my worst enemy. I have woven my net around him, and if it is ready to close, I shall be able to in three, three days' time. <coughs> well, Holmes. Holmes. <coughs> here, here, drink this. Now, take your time. Oh, thank you. Now, you say you have a trap set for Moriarty. Yes, in three days. That is, on Monday next, matters will be ripe. The professor with all the principal members of his gang, will be in the hands of the police. Only the very heads of Scotland Yard and my brother Mycroft know of this. They will succeed. Then will come the greatest criminal trial of the century. The clearing up of dozens of mysteries 
and the rope for all those found guilty. Including Moriarty? Of course. But he's wily. He knows I'm planning his downfall. The last steps were taken, and three days only are wanting to complete the business. This morning I was sitting in our old sitting room at Baker Street. Then, without any announcement, the door opened, and there before me stood the man himself. I thought it time we met face to face, Holmes. Do not be surprised at this unexpected visit. There are a few doors in London that I cannot open with ease. Your housekeeper is shoving. We're quite alone. May I come in? Hmm, you are much as I imagined in the flesh. Less frontal development of the forehead than I expected. Your own shoulders are more rounded than I thought. No doubt through too much study. A bad habit? Not as bad as fingering loaded firearms in the pockets of one's dressing gown. I heard you cock your revolver as I closed the door. Then I had best place it on the table between us. Pray take a chair. I have five minutes I can spare you if you've anything to say. Uh, there is little to say that has not already passed between us in thought. You stand fast in your opposition? Absolutely. I intend to destroy you. Hands away from your pocket, please. Oh, I am merely removing a notebook. Now, I see here from the 4th of January you have hounded me incommoded me, inconvenienced me on some six or seven occasions until now. This continual persecution endangers my liberty. The situation is becoming impossible. Have you any suggestions to make? You must drop it, Holmes. You really must. The alternative is your inevitable destruction. You must stand clear or be trodden underfoot. Have you anything to say to that? Only that I have another appointment and that you're wasting my time. It seems a pity, but I've done all I could. It is to the death, then, Holmes. It is to the death, Moriarty. That was my singular interview with the professor. Holmes, you must take police precautions against him. No, it is not from him, but from his agents that the attacks will be made. Indeed, they've already been made. Within an hour of the professor leaving, I had to go out to transact some business. I was almost run down on the corner of Bentink and Welbeck Streets. A two-horse van tore around the corner and was on me like a flash. I jumped aside with seconds to spare. Later, a brick fell from the roof of Veer Street, shattering to fragments at my feet. There were builders on the roof. Just an accident. <laughs> I took a cab and stayed with Mycroft most of the day. I came round here and was attacked by a thug with a bludgeon. See, my knuckles give evidence of the fight. Oh, Holmes, why didn't you show me this before? Here, look, I must attend to those... Oh, it is a small matter. It was on his front teeth that I barked my fists. Well, at least let me cleanse them. John, dearest, don't you think... Why, Mr. Holmes, what a wonderful surprise. How are you? Uh, as you see me, Mary? I'm afraid, Mary, my dear, that our old friend is in deep trouble. There are forces at work that mean him harm. Now, come, Holmes, let me dress those hands, and Mary will make up the bed in the spare room. Uh, no, 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 I insist. I will be quite all right. I'll attend to my knuckles later. And thank you for your offer of a bed, but I cannot stay. I would almost certainly bring grave trouble to this house during the night. But what is it? We are your friends. Naturally, we must help you. I can seek no help from others in this country until next week. There is only one thing that you can do to help me, Watson. Name it. Whatever it is, I shall do it. I have to get away. Out of the country until Tuesday next at the earliest. Can you come with me? Over to the continent somewhere, France, Switzerland... 
keeping on the move. I should greatly appreciate the companionship. Oh, Mary, my dear, will you consent to my going? Oh, my practice is quiet. It should just be for a long weekend. But of course. I myself would like to visit my brother, the Reverend Phelps, at Nettlebed. I can wire him to meet me at Great Paddock tomorrow afternoon, and I can return on Thursday. And I have a most accommodating assistant who will look after things. So it's settled, Holmes. I'll come with you. Oh, thank you. Then listen carefully. Now, you must follow these instructions to the letter, for you are now playing a double-handed game against the cleverest rogue and the most powerful syndicate of criminals in Europe. Carry on. What must I do? Dispatch whatever luggage you intend to take by trusted messenger to Victoria Station tonight. In the morning, take a hansom, being sure that it's a cabbie known to us. Drive to the Strand End of Lowther Arcade. Have your fare ready. The instant the cab stops, pay the driver and hurry through the arcade, timing yourself to reach the other side at a quarter past nine. Now you'll find a small brougham waiting close to the curb, driven by a man in a black cloak. He will take you to Victoria by a devious route, but in time for the Continental Express. Where shall I meet you? At the station. The second first-class carriage from the front will be reserved for us. The carriage is our rendezvous, then. That is correct. Now, thank you for the brandy, but I must leave you. I will go by the window, into the back garden and over the wall. But, Mr. Holmes... I assure you these precautions are quite essential. Goodbye, Watson. See you at Victoria in the morning. Uh, Goodbye, Mary. May we meet again in in happier times. Uh, Goodbye, and thank you. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, And good luck. Good luck. Mary and I obeyed Holmes' orders to the letter. I sent a small case to Victoria, using my worthy assistant, who agreed to help in all ways. In the morning... Mary called me a cab. She'd made all her own arrangements to visit Littlebed. I drove to the Lowther Arcade and found the cab waiting for me on the other side. Rome dropped me at Victoria with minutes to spare. The cabby insisted on seeing me to the carriage. Uh, yes, this is it. I note the reservation. Thank you. Have to give me a hand with your case, sir. Oh, I see you already have luggage. They're on the rack. Is that you? <laughs> yes, yes, it was sent in advance. This carriage is for me also, sir. And uh, thank you, Cabby. Thank you. Good luck to you, sir. You know, I, I don't think you should be in here. But... Uh, Prego, English, uh, not, not, not... I said, uh... Oh, never mind, never mind. Oh, come on, Holmes, you're cutting it fine. On the contrary, Watson, I'm exactly on time. Holmes! I'm sure I didn't imagine I'd attempt to leave England without donning a disguise. An Italian priest is rather effective, don't you? Well, you just see me, all right. Uh, every precaution is necessary even now. Look... Look, Watson, the tall man battling through the crowd. There, that Moriarty himself. He's lost, he's confused. We've done it, Watson, we've got this far at least. Glancing back, I saw a tall man pushing his way through the crowd and waving as though he wished to have the train stopped. It was too late, however. We were clear of the platform and on our way. Holmes threw aside his disguise and packed it away. With all our precautions, you see, we have cut it rather fine. Now, uh, have you seen the morning paper, Watson? No, anything of interest. Uh, well, our rooms at Baker Street were set afire last night. No what? great harm done, no great harm. Oh, Holmes, this is intolerable. Uh, they must have lost track of my movements, otherwise they wouldn't have thought I'd returned to my rooms. Uh, they must have taken to watching you, however. And that's what brought Moriarty to Victoria. 
You could not have made any slip in coming here? Oh, exactly what you advised. You found the brougham. Did you recognize the cabbie who put you into the carriage? No. It was my brother, Mycroft. Oh, yes. He's also good at disguises. Not enough. Now, we must decide what to do. Oh, this train's an express. It stops up once. Canterbury. Uh, that would not deter Moriarty. It is possible to hire special trains, you know. They're always at the ready at Victoria, should the price be right. Moriarty will do as I would do if the positions were reversed. He will hire a special and get to the coast within minutes of this train. And there's always a delay of half an hour before the boat sails. He's out to kill us both before we can leave the country. One would think we were criminals on the run, not him. Let's have him arrested on suspicion upon arrival. It would ruin all my work of the last few months. We should get the big fish and allow the whole shoal of agents to dart out of the net. No. No, next week we shall have them all. It's just a question of time. So what do we do? We shall get out at Canterbury. Make a cross journey to New Haven and so over to Vienna. We shall leave our luggage to travel on to Paris and so confuse anyone who misses us. We can pick it up later next week. Meanwhile, we can treat ourselves to a couple of carpet bags and buy all we need for the next few days. We should be able to make our way very comfortably into Switzerland by Luxembourg and Basel. Well, let's hope it works, Holmes. But what if he anticipates your new moves and heads us off at Canterbury? And if he does catch us up there, it's no doubt that he will attempt murder. But let us not consider that. When we arrive at Canterbury, we shall have another Brexit question to face. Oh, and what's that? Whether to have a premature lunch there or risk the chance of starving before we reach the buffet at New Haven. <laughs> oh, settle back and light your pipe. At least we have a brief respite, haven't we? All worked in our favor. We got to Brussels that same night and spent two days there. Holmes being sure we had not been followed. On the third day, we moved on to Strasbourg. On the Monday, Holmes telegraphed to the London police. And at the hotel in the evening, we found a reply awaiting us. Damnation, damnation, I might have known it. He's escaped. Moriarty? They've secured the whole gang with the exception of him. He's given them the slip. I really did believe I could have left it to Mycroft and the police, but I was wrong. Uh, look, I really feel you had better return to England, Watson. Why? Because you will find me a most dangerous companion from now on. Moriarty has only one thing left to live for, and that is my death. He will seek me out, and it will be a battle of wits to the end. Look, you must return to your wife in practice and allow me to finish this on my own. Now, Holmes, after all we've gone through, you must know that I cannot be put off by danger. I insist on staying with you for a few more days at least, just until we see how things turn out. Now, please be reasonable. I don't like it, Watson. I insist that you leave me at once. No, you cannot make me, so I flatly refuse. I shall slip quietly away. You will have no chance of following. The argument continued for some hours. Eventually, we reached a compromise. I would telegraph Mary to say I was continuing to tour Switzerland with Holmes until the end of the week. But regardless of the outcome, I would leave for England on the Friday. And so we journeyed over the Gemi Pass, still deep in snow, and by way of Interlaken to Meringen. There we put up at the Englischerhof. Our landlord was one Peter Steiler, who welcomed us warmly. This is my wife, Maria, and this is my eldest son, Hans. I am sure you will be most comfortable with us, monsieur. The gentlemen, they are English, Maria, not the French. I know. I know where because I have been the Londoner. I worked for three years at the Grosvenor Hotel. <laughs> years ago, I understand. You will be interested in walking the trips here, Mr. Holmes. 
And the good doctor, I act as a guide. Ah, yeah, and Goody is too, best guide in these parts. He take you up to the mountains, over the hamlet of Rosenlaui, and on the way you see the best sight of the whole of the mountains, the falls at Reichenbach. Uh, they must be seen. I take you tomorrow. The weather, it will hold good for two more days only. Well, what do you say, Holmes? Shall we do the trip? Oh, why not? It's best to keep active, is it not? Uh, very well, we shall look forward to it. You leave everything to Hans and me. We will arrange it all. Food, drink, equipment, everything. Not for you to worry about a thing. An early start. That is all I shall require. An early start. And an early start we made. Hans was right. The weather was perfect. Clear blue skies, crisp air, the dainty green of the spring valleys below, and the virgin white of winter above. We had to make a small detour to see the Reichenbach Falls. It is most impressive, awesome sight. The torrent, swollen by melting snow, plunges into a tremendous abyss from which the spray rolls up like dense smoke. The long sweep of green water roaring forever downwards, and the hiss of dense spray being forced up made us quite giddy. It was a place of curious fascination. I found myself unable to drag my eyes away from the unending torrents. We decided to camp in a flat field near the path of the top of the falls. From there, we were able to explore for some hours. Hans was just urging us to pack our things to continue the climb when there was a cry from below. Some minutes later, an elderly fellow on a mountain donkey came into view. He hailed us again and drew up Proffering a letter towards us. Oh, what is it, Pierre? Oh, this is Pierre from the village. Now, in. What is it? Pierre, not. Uh, from the inn, the not. He tell me to, to bring this here. The uh, doctor. English doctor. Uh, Watson. Well, I'm Dr. Watson. Uh, yeah. well, what is this? Let me see. Mrs. Brendan C. Marshcock, English lady wintering at Davos Platz and journeying to Lucerne. Have taken her on the way to Lucerne, refusing to have Swiss position. Can you come back at once? <laughs> well, Holmes, an English woman has been taken ill back at the inn and she repressed my help. My oh dear, let's go back, Ross. How lucky of you. Oh, nonsense. Go back with old Pierre. Uh, he'll see you back quickly now. Come on to Rosenlaui tomorrow. We will rendezvous at the hamlet there. Of course you must go. You cannot refuse to help a fellow country. Well, yes, if you're sure it's all right. My father, he would not allow this unless it was necessary, Doctor. Do not worry about Mr. Holmes. I shall look after him. Go, and with God's blessings. Until tomorrow then, Watson, and God's It was then that I left Holmes and traveled back down the mountain with the old Swiss and his donkey. I felt... Curiously uneasy, and my unease turned to despair when I reached the inn, and Peter Steiler confirmed my worst fears. Well, I, I trust her. she's no worse. Worse? <coughs> Who is it that you say should be worse? What are you doing back here? Where's Hans? Well, this, this letter. Did you not write this? Is there no sick English woman here in this hotel? Oh, oh certainly not. And this note has the hotel mark on it. Ah, it must have been written by that tall Englishman who came in after you had gone. Uh, he took coffee in the waiting room. Moriarty. Well, what does all this mean? It means we've been tricked. Holmes is in grave danger and so is your son. We must get help, raise an alarm. Get all the men you can together. A dangerous murderer is at large. 
Now gather arms and ammunition. We must get back to the Reichmark Falls with all speed. Hurry, hurry. There's no time for talk. I'll explain on the way, so hurry, man. Hurry. He must have broken all records in getting back to those falls. On the way, I tried to explain to Styler about Professor Moriarty and his murderous intents, but it was impossible. When at last we arrived at the spot where we had camped all those hours earlier, it was becoming dusk. There was no sign of Holmes or young house. There, there, someone near at hand. It is here. It is. It is my hands. Hand, right. Let me see him. Oh, she's been injured. A, a knife wound, but I, I think you'll be all right. Hans. Hans, you're going to be all right. Holmes. Holmes. And, and the other. The other was the knife. They. They talked. And Holmes, he. He, he wrote. Wrote. Letter. In my pocket. A note from Holmes in your pocket. Yes. Yes, here. Ah, it is for me. I I was was charged with delivering it. They made me leave. I I didn't want to. I came back. They they were fighting. I tried to help and, and the other man he, he he cut at me with the knife. Mr. Holmes, he he fought. I crawled away. It is all right. All right, now. Yes, but Holmes, Moriarty. Hans, where is Holmes? They, they fought near and nearer the edge of the falls. They disappeared with a scream louder than the water. And then over and over and down. So, this is the end of the best and wisest man I have ever known. I returned to England a heartbroken man. There was nothing I could do. Any attempt at recovering the bodies was absolutely hopeless. There, deep down in that dreadful cauldron of swirling water and seething foam, lie for all time the most dangerous criminal and the foremost champion of the law of this generation. My wife, Mary, steadfastly refused to believe Holmes was dead. I, I can't believe it. There must be another explanation, John. After all, no one actually saw him die. Well, listen to this letter, Mary. My dear Watson, I write these words through the courtesy of Professor Moriarty, who waits for our final encounter. I am pleased to think that I shall be able to free society of the further effects of his obnoxious presence, though I fear that it will be at a cost which will give pain to my friends, especially you, my dear Watson. However, I have already explained to you that my career has reached a climax and I am well pleased that this should be its conclusion. Indeed, I make a full confession to you that I anticipated the hopes of the letter forcing you to withdraw and allow me to end it all this way. My brother Mycroft will attend to all my affairs. I made every disposition of my property before leaving England. Give my greetings to your wife, and believe me, to value your friendship every minute of every year. Sincerely, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, John. John, it can't be true. It can't be Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes. 
with Graham Armitage as Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.